Welcome to the Freedom Chaser Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Meet Enrico Incarnati. I am super excited to have Enrico here today. In the past 90 days, he's gotten over 33,000 more followers on Instagram. Enrico, super stoked to have you, man. Let's just jump right into this. Like, how did this happen? What has this year been like to you? It must have been crazy. Yeah, I first off, I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, I mean, it, here, here's the thing. It's, it's kind of cool with obviously having more audience and more attention and you know, I mean, 33,000 followers, like it's, it's great. Um, when you asked, how did this all start? Like I never had any sort of audience really, right? Like I built up an audience up to what, 15 K ish by proxy of working with Jordan Syed and, uh, Zach Rushlow, flexible Lighting lifestyle. And, um, it, it was, it was great because I was able to do well there. Um, but after my time there, like after my time working with Jordan and everything, like I was on my own for the next two years, I lost people for better part of two years, all of 2021, part of 2022, I lost audience every, like I, lo I lost people. And it wasn't until November of 2022, where I made a shift in content. And that's where everything's taken off now to where you see like larger audience and, and everything. But mind you, what six months ago, not even I like, I was still trying to figure out what the heck I'm even doing with content. And now I feel like I have a better pulse with it. Right. And I think a lot of people look at it as like, Oh, well, you know, you're, you're privileged to have a larger audience. So it's easy for you. And I'm like, no, fuck you. Like you, you like making excuses because you don't want to put in the fucking work to make better content and blame the algorithm, play the victim. Cause that's easy for you. So the reason I say it with such passion like this is because I know what it's like to want to blame the algorithm. I know what it's like to want to play victim to social media. Oh, Instagram, it, it changed the algorithm. Oh, YouTube changed the algorithm. TikTok changed the algorithm. I'm like, no, it didn't. Like, stop looking at algorithm and start looking at audience of like, oh, the algorithm didn't like my content. No, no, the audience didn't like your content. The algorithm is smart. You will never outsmart an algorithm. The way you get it on your, like on your good side is make content people actually care about. And that's interesting. And that gets people invested in what you have to say. So when it comes to, you know, the 33,000 followers past 90 days, like it's great, but I really had to work on like reframing my message and like really dive into uh, like studying human psychology a little bit more and studying uh, what, why, what, what makes people want to click on a video emotion and everything with it. Like I've, I've really crafted hooks and like, I work at this every single day. Like I am unhealthily obsessed with social media in a sense of I study this at a Mr. Beast level because I know I literally want to be one of the best in the world. Like there, there, there is no question. I know I will be one of the best in the world at this because for me, I'm like, it's such an unhealthy obsession that I want to be so loud for everyone else who used to be me and play the victim and like make excuses on everything that I just suffocate all of that for you. And at the end of the day, I get you to take one action of making one video or get you out of your own way and like make you show up one more day because I know the power that one piece of content has to change your life. Absolutely, man. And you've obviously lived it. So like, let's talk about the small changes you started to make in November of 2022 that, you know, you ended up catching some wind off of later. Yeah. So like I said, the biggest reframe for me when it comes to content that I've changed is like, I really focused on the first three seconds. 
Like that's everything. And I had to study Mr. Beast a little bit because I'm like, he does something that no one else does. And he over delivers in his video, not only on the thumbnail, which is what you see from a YouTube perspective, right? When we think about YouTube and you go to a, a YouTube video or a YouTube homepage, the first thing you see is the thumbnail that has to make an impression on you to even want to click. And so I had to study that of like, okay, what's getting me interested to want to click here? What's getting me curious about this, right? Then from there, I had to work backwards. Whenever he makes his videos, he delivers immediately. There's no false promises. He delivers immediately, but he gets right to it, right? And so for me, I'm like, okay, give people what they want. Like, I think most people struggle with content because they, they, they feel like they need to add context. They need to add fluff in the beginning because someone's going to miss something or misunderstand what they're saying, whatever. Like, no, 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 you need to get right to it. Like, I'm not saying, say, like, in, in a way of, you know, goldfish have such a t small attention spans and humans are, are like goldfish now with attention spans. No, like, give people what they want. Like, if you're making a claim within a hook of, like, first two to three seconds of, hey, this is what I'm stating, cool. Like, deliver that. Don't go into then a whole lull, like a whole lull of, well, you know, this and then that. Like, you're, you're boring me. Like, it's boring. So what I've had to really focus on is changing the first two to three seconds of my content because I know that's what matters most because in a world where people are scrolling, it's vertical video dominant. We have a world of Instagram reels, TikTok, YouTube shorts, Facebook reels you are looking for any reason to click off the video, right? And to keep scrolling. My whole goal is to get that scroll to stop. And it has to be compelling enough. Meaning I have to speak to a problem that you have. I have to speak to an emotion that you have. And I have to get you curious. That's my, that's my formula for going viral. It really is. I don't go viral all the time, but like, I'm not, and that's the thing. I'm not trying to go viral. I'm just trying to like elicit something within you and get you to stop and get you to pay attention. So when it comes to that, I've had to really focus on, like I said, the first introduction part of that video. Now what I've had to really focus on with the rest of content is I'm extremely deliberate in my videos of, I will script them for one or two hours. Like I will, and, and mind you, my delivery on things, like I sound the exact same way I am, like I'm speaking to you right now because I speak with that passion of it, but I don't want to waste time. Like I account for every single thing. I, I am extremely detailed within editing. I pay attention to where I'm like, okay, if there's this much of a gap without me speaking or without me showing something on the screen, I need to show it because I need to have a visual simulation because otherwise you're going to find a reason to, to leave. And I'm very, very acute to that because I know for me, what would get me to stay or leave. Right. And so I have a video editing experience. I have a filming experience that I understand all that. And so now when I apply it into a teacher method, right? Into a thought leader method. I'm like, okay, I could take what I know and apply it here. And that's, what's really given me like an advantage and, you know, short form content, just content general is I'm understanding the language at a different level that I think most people don't quite have yet or grasp because I think they understand why videos make them stop because, oh, this was funny. It was interesting, but like, it's all deliberate, like all of it's psychology. And the reason I feel like it's, it's really taken off lately is because I stopped studying the algorithm and I studied human beings. And that is the number one key for me lately is I stopped focusing on the platforms of what actually works and what's doing well and like what's crushing. And I'm like, okay, from a human psychology perspective, why would someone want to stop at this video? Right. And I had to understand that. And once I got extremely clear on that, and mind you, this is still a work in progress. I'm always studying people because I'm just fascinated by people in general. But once I got a clear understanding of that, everything changed. Okay, so you don't look at the platforms uniquely, essentially, then. So when you create all your content, are you creating it for everything all at once? Or how do you break it down so that your 
optimizing per platform or do you not worry about that at all? So that's a good question. So per platform, I think a lot of people, they're like, well, should I post the same video that I posted on Instagram reels to YouTube shorts? Yes and no. Because I think at the end of the day, there is a different demographic on YouTube. There's a dem different demographic on TikTok. And what I mean by that is the consumer in which someone is going into wanting to consume the content, right? So for someone on TikTok, mind you, if it's a younger person, you may need to change up the wording. You may need to change up your hook a little bit, right? Maybe someone on Facebook might be looking for ways to alleviate their back pain while doing an RDL versus someone on TikTok might be looking to grow their glutes on a, a, an RDL, right? Like there's two different things of like, if you're trying to understand who you're speaking to, we'll understand the platform of like, Facebook has a much little, has a much older demographic probably. So if I'm making a video, I'm not necessarily going to use that exact same video. Yes, it can work. And I think there is a place for that, but I think has to be, you have to be deliberate, deliberate with respect to each platform of understanding, okay, what might work on TikTok may not work on shorts because on shorts on, on YouTube shorts, you're going into YouTube understanding like, okay, a lot of the, like, this is a long form dominant platform. TikTok, I'm looking at it like, I don't care if it's a two or three. So like, I, I'm, I'm looking to scroll longer. YouTube shorts, when I go into it, I almost expect a longer YouTube short because I'm trained for the platform to understand that this is a longer video-based platform. Now, the key with that is if I'm going to go on YouTube, I think what does well with there is storytelling. So I'm looking for a short that can tell a better story right? TikTok. Yes, I think you can do that. But I think TikTok, I mean, I, I forgot the statistic, like there's hundreds of millions of videos that are getting watched per minute on TikTok, just because the scroll is so ruthless with it. And so for me, what really stands out is understanding like, okay, if I'm making a video for one platform, yes, it can work for another. But for example, what I'll say to you is, um, I made a video for reels, um, a while back. I forgot what I titled it, but I just uploaded it again to my YouTube channel on shorts. I titled that completely differently. Because I know what the consumer is looking to go into when it comes to a title perspective and that first line, what they're looking for and what their desires are on YouTube. For example, someone on Instagram, I could I can explain a concept, but they care more about getting getting views and followers and uh, you know shares and saves. Someone on YouTube cares more about subscribers. Someone on YouTube cares more about average view duration, other metrics that are different. And so I think, yes, it's important to understand you can have one video and disperse it across all platforms, but, and there is only one, but each platform does behave a little bit differently. And it's important to understand that as well. Absolutely. So this is making a ton of sense. Um, if you were to choose a platform just for one of them, what do you think is the most valuable asset to build right now? Long form content by far, hundred percent. Um, I'll say this. If you're someone who's brand new to making content, I do not think you should start long form yet. The main reason for that is because I think I would not, not, I think I would rather you build wins on a short form platform to be able to show up there more consistently, because I know most people, when they get into YouTube or podcasting, they're like, Oh, I want to do this thing. And they realize the time that has to go into it. And they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, it takes me six hours to edit a YouTube video and three hours to upload it because my internet is terrible. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's just for one video. And mind you, they're going to get one view from like their wife or their mom. And it's like the return for them isn't there yet. Right. And I say that yet because every platform works. Now, someone might challenge me like, well, can I just upload to YouTube shorts and just like build a YouTube shorts platform? You could, but here's an issue with people that only upload shorts to YouTube is you are training the audience to be short form 
adherent. Meaning, if you ever go to make long-form content, you will have an extremely hard time to convert people over to even care about watching your videos. And that is doing an, a massive disservice, especially if you're someone who's looking to build a brand, build an audience, and build a business, is you want that attention for as long as possible. And if you're training that for short form, it won't convert. Now, short form content on Reels, like which is something that I'm doing, I'm going hard on Instagram, I've gone hard on TikTok. Like I've built that attention there. I'm soon going to be converting that to more YouTube and podcasting because I have earned the right to do so now, right? And I think a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean you've earned the right? Like, well, I've earned the right too. You, yes. And no, I've posted consistently ruthlessly on Instagram. I've given disproportionately more than I will ever ask. I don't make an ask ever. And that is my whole goal. I want to give you as much as possible that when you come to my other channels now, you're going to get the exact same version of me just for a longer time. And that's my whole goal with YouTube and podcasting is I want to be able to have your attention on there for as long as possible. But I had to reframe everything in my own brain and my own brand and everything of, social on short form and be able to harness the attention there. Now I can easily move that into long form. But again, if there's a platform, I would say, I think YouTube is the ultimate for everything. Um, I think if you can do that properly and execute that with a hundred percent strategy on that, I think you will crush. Um, but again, like I said, if you're brand new, start on a short form video platform, because I'd rather you start making videos now and getting out of your own way and get comfortable being on camera before we expand to anything else. Absolutely, man. I think that's a spot on answer. I wish I could go back in time because if I could go back in time, I would do short form first simply because mm -hmm. you kind of get the instant dopamine hit and you get some traction right away. Like we had over a hundred podcasts filmed before we even launched this bad boy. Um, so <laughs> wow. um, short form is the easiest way to get eyeballs right now. It's, it's not mm -hmm. super you convert those eyeballs into people that know, like, and trust you, which is something that we say in real estate a lot, get people to know, like, and trust mm -hmm. you. And as long as you follow up consistently, your business will continue to grow. I love content because you could do all of that, but you're going to want to use short yeah. form content to get people to know you. And then you use longer form content to get people to like and trust you. And then it becomes a much easier sale. So, I mean, using both short form and long form content is ideal, I, I think. And if I were to get started, I would start with short form because, you know, you don't have to do it for eight months and, and, you know, deal with your mom watching your videos only. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so cool, man. Um, you mentioned how important the first three seconds are. And, and I would like to reiterate that. And also, like, I love your content because you're so great at being able to break down something that is very, very difficult conceptually. And you could break it down into something that's very easy to understand. So, I mean, you just said your hook formula is emotion get them to pay attention. And there was a third part. I mean, can we dive deeper into that formula? Yeah. So the whole, the, the whole formula with that is emotion, curiosity, and relevance. So the main things that I focus on is I want to evoke an emotion in you because I'm using the words that you are using yourself within your own life, right? Within your own world, within your day to day. And I want to be able to establish that in the beginning to pique your interest of like, ooh, like that kind of stung something here a little bit, right? And it's deliberate because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to like offend you or trigger you or any of that. I'm trying to get you aware of like, hey, this is a problem, but also let me make it abundantly clear. You're the one saying these words to yourself. My videos suck. The algorithm hates me. All this, all of what you want to say, right? You're saying that. I'm just reiterating it to you. The other thing is curiosity. I have to get you curious on what it is that I have to say? 
I have to make it extremely thought provoking of, Ooh, is this challenging a belief that I have? Is this making me think a different way? Is this making me wonder what could possibly be said in this, whatever it is. And the goal is yes. Right. So for example, if I'm saying, um, you know, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the, I actually made a, a post about it. Like I, I gave an example of um, like doing this one thing, like it's destroying your reach, it's destroying. So I'm trying to find it really quickly here on Instagram. So it was like the, the formula right here. So I said, you like, you're wrecking your chances of growing on social media. If you're doing this, the word, this is the curiosity component because there I'm like, Ooh, what, what is this? If I'm a consumer, like what, what could that possibly be? Be. The reason you are drawn into that is because you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to grow on social media. That's a desire that I have. Like, why it's not happening for me? So clearly, I'm doing something that's wrong, right? The word wrecking, like that, is a stinging emotion because you're like, oh my gosh, like what could I possibly be doing that's wrecking or destroying my chance of growing? The relevance part of it and the desire is you want to go viral. Is is, is you want to grow on social media, right? That is your desire. You have to make it relevant to the person and their situation. So for example, when I say like, you're wrecking your chances on social media, uh, of growing on social media, if you're doing this, if I use something else of like not growing on social media and I use like something that was completely off the wall, it would have no relevance whatsoever to what I'm talking about and it wouldn't work. So I'm not saying you have to do this every single time because I think it can get exhausting, but if there is something out, like if there is something out there that you're like, Ooh, I could really build a good hook on this of like, I could draw some curiosity and emotion and relevance. Cool. Let me make it abundantly clear to everyone because I got someone that was like, they, uh, they come to today. They're like, Oh, you're gaslighting people with these hooks. I'm like, gaslighting is making someone feel crazy for belief. Like it's a completely different definition. I'm bringing awareness to something. Like I'm bringing awareness to a problem that you know, you have, or maybe you don't, but I'm speaking to it and I'm making you aware of it. So I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, I've actually gotten more pushback lately because obviously the larger you grow, the more, you know, pushback you get on stuff. Um, I got someone that was like, oh, like, you know, this is so spammy. Like, this is such like so scammy the way you do it. I'm like, yeah. And you know what? You're probably the first fucking person to buy something when an infomercial pops on. You know why? Because they use the exact same tactic on you to market to you. They just do a great job of getting you to get your credit card out. So if you want to carry on and tell me how I'm spamming you and scamming you, cool. Or you can go fuck off and understand that everything right now in society, marketing, social, all of it is the same principles. All of it. The reason people have an issue with it is because when it triggers something inside of them, that usually is a semblance of truth that they don't want to hear, they get bothered. And so for me, I'm like, okay, if this spoke to you here, of like why you feel like you burn out and quit with social media, which is a video I made. Maybe you quit with social media one time because I spoke to you on here. Maybe there was a time where you actually decided to quit everything and you actually decided to settle for your life because that was comfortable for you. But instead of actually taking accountability and wanting to own up to it, you'd rather play victim and be like, oh, well, the way you're using hooks is stupid. Like this doesn't make any sense, right? And I'm like, okay, well, let me ask you this. When if I, cause I work, I work with a lot of fitness coaches and everything. Fitness coaches get a lot of pushback on this because they're like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be saying these words of people being overweight and unhealthy and all this. And I'm like, well, when I look on commercials and these larger corporations or these magazines, like they're still in business. They may not use those words, but they're doing a great job of getting you to buy. They're still in business. So I'm like, okay, 
I would rather speak to a problem immediately and it drive a pain a little bit because that way you know that you're being heard and I understand you, right? If someone's in enough pain and enough of a problem, like they will perk up and they'll listen. Absolutely, man. And you're in the process of taking people from pain to pleasure. As you said, advertising is all the same thing. You're basically just talking right. about copywriting tactics. Essentially is what you're doing is you're putting copywriting into short form. Essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm super impressed how process oriented you are. Like you talk about it in your videos all the time. It's like focus on making the videos and doing that every day, far more than focus on the followers and things of that nature. Um, how long did it take for you to develop that? Because like as a real estate agent, it's super important to be processed and not results oriented. It is just if you do these activities daily over enough time, you're going to get the results you want. Obviously, everybody's time frame is a little bit different. But like, how did you develop that process oriented mindset? Because I think it's so important. Yeah, um, a lot of time. Um, and, and this is something that I, I, I don't really share with a lot of people, but there was I mean, I, I've had multiple times where I mean, 2022 where I was like, I want to quit everything and just give up. I, 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 I'm on my life, like on whatever you believe in. Um, there's multiple times where I'm like, I want to give up and quit on this because it just, there's nothing working. Like, I don't get what's happening. I'm losing followers. I'm losing audience. And I'm like, I just, I feel like I'm not getting it. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm not doing all social. Like I, like my bedroom's right back there. There were days where I would lay in there for a whole day and I wouldn't do anything because I was so frustrated with myself and upset. Like this was last year. And actually, you know what? A couple months ago, I actually did this again because, and this, mind you, this is when everything was going really well. I was still in my head about like, am I smart enough? Am I good enough for this? Am I articulate? Like, do people view me as that? And mind you, we all go through this, right? The only difference between me and where I'm at now is I'm just not going to quit. Like, sure, I'm going to have days where I'm like, I feel overwhelmed and I feel like I'm just a little burned out with stuff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? But at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to quit. Like, my motto is be a fucking shark. Like, sharks have to swim forward or they will die. And so when it comes to me being process oriented, it's quite literally from just being consistent. And I know this is the most cliche thing that everyone can say is, oh, just be consistent. You just need to be more consistent. On it's true. Whether it's a fitness goal you have, working out, a, a weight goal, a, whatever that is, a social media goal, I will bet on the person who doesn't quit for the next seven years. Meaning, I don't care if you have all the tangibles and all the talent, I will bet on the person who for seven years shows up ruthlessly, even when they didn't want to. And that's the key. The days that I didn't want to, where I was laying in there, I still showed up. Still showed up on social media. Because it mattered to me. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, go get a real job, like get out of touch with reality, like fuck off. Social media quite literally saved my life. It did. There's a reason I have this tattoo here, which says Forza, because for me, at the end of the day, it means strength in Italian. It's because for me, I understand that one piece of content can change your life. It's because for me, I understand that I didn't want to be here because I lost my identity fully when I left medical school or when, when I left wanting to be a doctor in pre-med and it's given me a sense of purpose and I know this is what I should be doing. So when it comes to me being process oriented, it's from me just not quitting. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who you are, but like you, you develop processes, you develop it over time. Like you just, you just legitimately have to not quit. Mm -hmm. That's it. I, 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 
I, I can't drill this into people's heads enough where it's like, everyone wants to look for the quick ways and the, the quick fixes of like, that's, that's why you see everyone who like does diets and, and they want to buy all these cleanses and all this other BS and the people that want to buy followers on social media and look for the quick tactics. It's because you're getting, you're getting frustrated with your lack of growth. You're getting frustrated with how fast it's not going. Like, I'm sorry, but I don't know what this entitlement is in 2023. Like the rate at which something's supposed to happen, it will happen. I don't care how long it takes. You just have to keep showing up, right? And when you talk about like, you know, being process oriented, like mind you, it also came from the two years where nothing was happening for me, where I was losing everything, where I was losing audience, everything. It came from that because I got clarity on like, okay, this is what I do want. This is what I don't want. And no matter what, like your timeline is your timeline. Stop comparing it to other people with that. Like you may look at it now of like, oh, well you have a large audience now. Cool. I get it. But that's where I speak the language now. That's where I can understand where people come from because I played every single card of why is this happening to me instead of why is this happening for me, right? And now I understand the other side of it where I'm like, no, if you legitimately just keep going, legit, like you will figure it out. That's it. Dude, I love your passion. It is coming straight up, man. So, I mean, yeah. First off, there's no such thing as failing in life. If you keep going forever, you're going to figure right. it out. It is, a, it is a timeline of never quitting. If you never quit, you're going to figure it out eventually. I mean, essentially, unless you suck really bad. But I mean, yeah. it might just take you six years. Like you said, you've mentioned quite a few things. So you were going to pre-med school. You dropped out of that. It sounds like you had a a life-defining moment. You got a tattoo on your arm. I believe it says Forza, which means strength in Italian. Can we get a little bit more details here? Yeah. Um, so in 20, gosh, I don't know why I forget the years. I'm so bad. I, like I look at social media as like numbers and I'm so driven by numbers with that. But like, and like I, I look at it analytically, but I can't remember the year in which I like left school. Um, it was 20, no, 2017 is when I, I left college. I'm 27 now. Um, <clears throat> and 2017, it was the year which I left college and like I fully dropped out. And, but prior to that, um, the catalyst for that was the year prior, I had to tell my father, father that I didn't want to be a doctor anymore. And that was the hardest conversation I've ever had to have in my life because as someone who is a son of an immigrant father from Italy and, you know, has a lot of weight on his shoulders to, you know, do well and be like, I'm like, I'm literally the first son for my entire like family. I'm also the first grandchild. I'm the first like nephew, like all of it. Like I am the first, I, I know, like I, I am the first of like everything. So for me, it's like a lot of pressure with that. Um, and especially, you know, as I was getting older and, you know, I wanted to become more of a doctor. Um, it was more of my dad's thing than mine in the beginning, because it's funny. We had like an explore test in college or in high school. And this explore test was like a test to kind of see what kind of careers you wanted to do and, you know, get your interests in things. And I would deliberately rig that test to make the answers for what a doctor would answer, not what Enrico wanted, because that way I could go home and show my dad, look, I'm supposed to be a doctor. Like the sheet says so. Right. And I think a lot of people do that to please their parents. And so for me, that was a real like existential thing. Cause I'm like, okay, you know, I became a certified nursing assistant at 17, enrolled at DePaul um, for pre-med and everything. And it got to a point where I was walking the chemistry class and I'm like, I hate this. I'm like, I legitimately hate this. Like, I don't like chemistry. I don't want to walk to lab. And mind you, after my chemistry labs on Mondays, I would dart to the gym 
at 9 p.m. because I'm like, I'd rather be here because I feel like I'm with like-minded people. I'm like, all these chemistry people who are just like titrating and pouring liquids and all this shit. I'm like, I can't relate to you people. I'm like, I love this for you. I don't want to do it anymore. I, I just don't. And at the time, there was it's funny because there was a clip from Gary Vee who I hadn't met him yet at the time. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And the clip was, I would rather you spend the next two to three years doing what you want to do, not pleasing your parents, versus the next 80, resenting them, doing what they want you to do. And that, I mean, if there, if there was a turning point in my life, it was that. Because for me, that was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell my father, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. Like I, I have to tell my father, I do not want to be a doctor. I can't do this. And at that time, I, I didn't know how to say that to him because mind you, there's a lot of investment into being here in time and whatnot. And I had to just simply rip the bandaid and I'm like, dad, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do it. And he's like, well, what are we going to do? Like, what are you going to do? Cause he's like, we're paying for you to be here. And what I'm like, I understand. I'm like, give me a year to figure it out. Uh, I'll see. I, I don't know, but let me just figure it out. So I defaulted to a communications major and I kind of just took on journalism. Don't know why I did that, but I needed, I needed something that was a default. And I had lost a lot of sense of my identity at that time because so much of my identity was wrapped up in being Enrico the doctor. Like every time my father's friends would come see me, it was, oh, like, how's school going? Like, you're going to be a doctor soon. I'm like, I'm 17. I'm not going to be a doctor yet. Like I'm 17 years old. I probably have another like 20 years, right? And it's like, it's just a lot of pressure. And when now you see them afterwards and they're like, well, how's school going? Well, it's really not because I don't want to do this anymore. That was like a real, real low period for me. Um, and it was weird because like girlfriend at the time, she wanted to be a like CPA and she knew exactly what she wanted to do. And I'm like, who the fuck am I? I'm like, I, I, I don't even know what I want to do. Right. And mind you, this is coming from someone who's like, I feel like I need to have everything figured out right now at what, 20 years old? Because what is it in the modern day world? You go to school, you get a job, like you get married, whatever. And I'm like, I feel like I need to do that. And I didn't know. And I felt like I was trying to fit a mold that just wasn't for me. And I just kind of hit like a massive, just breaking point in which I'm like, I hate this. I'm like, I will never be able to surmount anything for my father. I feel like he'll be disappointed in me. And I feel like he just won't like accept me as a son anymore. And I feel like, you know, no one's gonna, like everyone's gonna remember, remember me as Enrico who was supposed to be the doctor, right? And so that's why I brought this up is because this tattoo is a symbolism of strength uh, in Italian because I attempted suicide. Because for me, I just didn't wanna do it anymore. Um, and so once I got out of that situation, um, everything kind of turned a little bit. I found more love into fitness. I leaned more into the gym. I leaned more into my health, my nutrition. And I found people like Christian Guzman, Max Tuning, people who I looked up to and respected in the industry. And I would watch their YouTube videos. And Christian specifically, who is someone who changed my life as well, Christian and Gary. Christian dropped out of college. He dropped out of TCU because he didn't want to be there anymore. And he wanted to go do his own thing. I liked that. And I'm like, okay, I, I could do this vlogging thing. I'm like, I, I kind of want to. And I was making Snapchat videos at the time. And um, like my girlfriend's like, you know, why don't you go get a, why don't you go like film YouTube videos and make a, get a camera? I'm like, okay. So I was working at my school's gym and I went to go buy a camera. 
and I went to go get a GoPro, which was my first camera. And I was just kind of vlogging. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I was watching Casey Neistat, who was a great YouTuber that I love, watching Christian's videos and trying to figure out how to edit and how to film and everything and, you know, kind of tell a story. And like, I would skip class to go get a B-roll shot. I, I would literally skip journalism class or whatever BS class I was in to go get a time-lapse of downtown Chicago because I'm like, I got to add this into my vlog, right? Because I'm like, I got to go do it. If you go watch older videos of mine, it's funny because I'm like, I one of those I definitely was not in school for. I mean, I was at school, but I was not in class. And um, that was like, that was like a, a turning point, point for me because I'm like, I want to do this thing. And uh, Christian Guzman was going to host a summer shredding competition, the first one ever in Houston. And so it was a 90 day challenge from March to June where you would like diet down, get as lean as you can, and then go celebrate. I did that, flew down to Houston and met Christian there. At the event, I met Zach Rushlow, who is the Flexible Dieting Lifestyle on Instagram, met him and we connected and just kind of like went back and forth. And, you know, he's like, hey man, I'll send you my free cookbook. Cause I was like, hey man, I'm a fan of yours and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I had to get uh, hip surgery, funny enough, like two weeks later because I tore a hip labral um, about a year ago. And so I had to get that taken care of and everything. Two weeks after my surgery, same year, this was like, mind you, this was like a matter of three, three weeks time span. Zach put on his Instagram story that he was looking for a videographer to come with him to Los Angeles. This is me getting into more life story things now. Uh, but I feel like I need to tell this. And I'm like, hey man, like I'd love the opportunity for this. He's like, okay, like why should I choose you? There's two other people. I'm like, that are, that are more experienced. I said, because I'll work harder than both of them combined. Mind you, this is Enrico with crutches who had just gotten surgery, who was in no place to be traveling whatsoever. But I'm like, I have to do this. I literally booked a flight. I remember um, two weeks, uh, like uh, with, with two days to like spare. And I'm like, okay, I had to fly to LA and I had to go film with Zach. And so I did that for five days. And that turned into me working with him for the next year. And I moved to Austin. That's when I left college moved to Austin, Texas to go work for Zach for the next year. Um, during my time working with Zach, I met Jordan Syatt, who was Gary Vaynerchuk's coach at the time. And we connected and everything. And after my time working with Zach, after a year, I moved back home to Chicago, kind of again to like figure it out a little bit, right? Like I just, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do again. Um, and I, I actually haven't, I've actually refrained from telling this part. Um, I actually worked at Whole Foods. I actually worked at Whole Foods in Wheaton, um, Illinois, because I had to make money somehow. And this was another point for me where I'm like, shit, I'm like, I, I, should I go back to school now? I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. Like, you know, is this social media thing going to work for me and whatnot? And, um, that was a real point for me where I'm like, I just, I, I feel embarrassed. Cause I'm like, I feel like I went from this high to now this low of like, now I'm working at Whole Foods as a cashier to make money. And I just, I had to do what I had to do. Um, I also got a part-time job working at a car photography thing to where it was across the street in, uh, I know cause you're obviously you're from Illinois, like in Schaumburg. And, um, I would, I would photograph cars and then drive them over to Chevy because it was just like, I had a photograph used in new, new cars. And I did this at night, uh, part-time during my time. Then I got a call from Jordan Syatt on December 1st. And he's like, Hey bro, do you want to move to New York city? Mind you. Cause we, cause we like, we had connected and we knew of each other. And I'm like, dude, yes, I would love to. And he's like, do, do you want to like, think about it? Um, I'm like, well, no, I, I like, I, I want to do this. And mind you, the reason he called me was because three months prior in September, he put on his Instagram story that he was looking for a videographer too. And I had replied and I'm like, I would love this opportunity. He's like, Hey man, there's someone in front of you. Let me give them a chance. If it doesn't work out in 90 days, I will call you. 
like I said, it didn't work out. And he called me while I was on the Stairmaster at Lifetime Fitness in Schaumburg. And uh, he's like, hey, bro, like, do you want to move to New York City? I'm like, yes. He's like, do you, yeah. you want to think about this? Like, you, you can, like, totally cool. I'm like, nope, let's do it. And like, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, this was a hell yes thing. And I, I went to New York City two weeks later for the first time in my life just to hang out with him for the weekend to kind of connect. And then two weeks after that, moved my entire life to a Chinatown apartment with six other roommates. And it was a small, small apartment in Manhattan. And I paid like 1050 a month for like a small cell type of a room with no window. It, it was so weird. And uh, I worked with Jordan for the next two years. And like, that's what I did. And then met Gary Vaynerchuk, which was super cool. Like I met Gary um, when I was training with him with, with Jordan. And I'm like, this is super surreal. Cause I'm like, you quite literally changed my life. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And that's why I relate to like one piece of content can change your life. Like whether it's from you or someone else and worked with Jordan until 2020 and moved on to doing my own thing, which is what I do now, um, which I do strategy and consulting for people with social. Um, and that's where we're at today and on this podcast. Dude, I'm so pumped about your journey. First off, the fact Thank that you. you hear this quote from Gary V says, I'd rather you do two to three years of doing something that you'd love instead of following your parents' path. Man, I wish I heard that when I was younger um, because yeah. I'm a second generation realtor. It took me 32 years to figure out that, hey, you know, I'm actually interested in other things that are not quite real estate. Real estate's a good way to make money, but I mean, there's far more ways to make impact in life, which is something I'm far more far more purposefully um, driven to myself. And I could tell yeah. that you relate. So, I mean, you have a passion over profits type of mentality. Like you were talking about shooting the B-roll being far more important than going to class and things of that nature. Um, how has that evolved now that you're growing more on Instagram and things of that nature? I mean, it started as a passion play. I'm sure profits are coming into the, play, the mirror a little bit closer now. So has that changed at all? Is it still more passion over profit? It's always going to be passion over profit, which is why I said in the beginning, I've never made an ask on my Instagram because at the end of the day, I, I don't go into it knowing like, oh, I, I could capitalize on this. And let me make it abundantly clear. If I actually wanted to capitalize on social media right now and, and monetize and ask, I'm, I damn well know I could, but you know what? I'm not in it for that because most people are in it for how much money can I make this month? I'm in it for in 10 years from now, when I come out with a book of how to be a fucking shark, I want you to buy that. Why? Because I'm in it for the legacy play because I'm in it more for like what Gary says, I care more about how many people show up to my funeral. You know why? Because that will tell me that I had an impact on your life. That's what I care most about is if you're there, I had some sort of an impact on you. And that's how I like to look at everything that I do right now is I'm not trying to cash in. I'm not trying to like make money. I'm not trying to like, you know, do, do all that, which, which is why I'm so open about everything and transparent on my social. I'm like, I don't run ads. I don't do, I don't pay for shout outs. Like everything I do is organic, all of it. Why? Because I know what works right now. I know what's working. I know how to speak to people. I know how to study psychology with it. And I know how to get on people's feeds that need to see me. And does that turn into profit if you want to look at? Of course it has, which has been a blessing. And I'm extremely thankful for that. Like I'm in a position where I'm like, I never quite thought I would ever be in. And I'm like, this is amazing. But mind you, it's always led with that Enrico who wanted to just fucking get out of class and film. And like, it's that Enrico where it's like, I, fuck, I feel like I'm gonna cry on this. Oh man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, fuck me. 
um yeah i don't know it's just it's always like stem from that of like i just um i don't know i uh i i had a call with this lady the other day and she's like health like with brand things and she's like um i feel like a version of you just like needs to be needed to be seen when you were younger and i feel like that's like something within me of like i feel like i just needed to like see myself in a sense um <clears throat> if that makes any sense i don't know why i'm fucking crying fuck this um dude i bet you and, uh, relate to that on some level at the very least what um, so i think we can all relate to that on some level yeah to be seen yeah and like yeah yeah and, and 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 like that for me was like uh i don't know i i feel like i just i needed to see myself for what it is that i want to do and who i am and i think it, the beauty of it is i'm always trying to figure what that is and i'm always trying to like find a new version of myself but it's always what I do now is I'm always looking to make sure that 37 year old Enrico is proud of what 27 year olds doing. And you know, that's, that, that, that's the mission that I lead by is if I can go to bed with my head on the pillow that like I did the best I could today. And like, I gave from a place of like wanting to give, not like a subtle ask or like a backdoor ask of things. Like it'll always shine through. And let me make this clear. This is why I'm, this is why I've been so consistent with social and showing up is because I have nothing to hide. I'm not trying to ask for anything. Like I genuinely want to give, which is why I've been getting more than ever because I will give more than ever. I'm going to give you everything I have, all the tactics, all the strategies, all the tips, all the tricks, all, whatever it is, I'm going to give it to you because I know at the end of the day, 99% of people won't do anything with it, but the 1% do, that's who I care about. One percent that do—that's who you care about, and that's who's going to come back later when you're ready to. You have something to sell to them, essentially. Um, Enrico, you said how to be a fucking shark, um, <laughs> and that this is a legacy play, man. Um, I've watched a few of your videos, but could we double tap? Like, why should people be thinking about why they should be a shark? And like, let's let's end it on this power note. Yeah, let's do it. The reason I say be a fucking shark is because it stemmed from a friend of mine, Tyler Babin, who used to be Gary Vaynerchuk's trainer. I mean, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, videographer. And it was of 2019, 20, sorry, 2019. Um, I saw a post from him while I was working with Jordan and we had connected and become good friends. And he made a post on his Instagram talking about like how sharks don't care that it's Monday, like just get after it today and just be a shark. And I'm like, I like that. I'm like, be a fucking shark. Like I'm more aggressive. I'm like, that's my motto. And Upon doing more research, I realized that sharks physically cannot swim backwards or they will die. And what a model for life because I'm like, no matter what, sharks are always moving forward. Whether they have to turn around and go back, they still have to be in a forward motion. And the reason I say that for people is because if you can approach everything you do with a shark-like mentality, you will differentiate yourself from the rest, right? Because I look at it like this. When you go into an ocean and you're stepping in the ocean and you're like playing around, there's so many little fish around you that you don't even know. Like they're around your feet. Like they don't, they're, they're not even like doing anything to you. The one thing that does catch her attention, and I call this like my shark fin method for getting attention, right? Is when you see a fin above the water, that piques your interest immediately because you're like, oh shit, like I need to pay attention. And that's why I like to think of and leading from being a fucking shark is because I want to be that one person that piques your interest and gets your attention because at the end of the day, all the little fish are the 99% of people. That one shark is the 1%. And that's where I'm trying to get to. And you should too. <laughs> Absolutely, man. What a better way to let, what a great way to put that.
who has their fin up in the ocean? He's going to make everybody else say, oh, shit, you better pay attention to that guy. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, Enrico, um, I have to ask this question because you're a legacy guy, man. This is my favorite question. Um, if you had a billion dollars in the bank and a hundred lifetimes full of cash flow, what would you be doing with your time, brother? Because you, I'm sure you wouldn't be sitting on the beach sipping margaritas. No, it's funny. Um, my grandfather, who is also named Enrico, I'm fourth generation Enrico, he uh, he has not needed to work for the rest of his life since 20 years ago, but he still does because it keeps him young and because it's what he's passionate about and he enjoys it. And, and if he didn't, he would be lost and he'd feel like his soul has died. What I would be doing, honestly, the exact same thing I'm doing right now, because I enjoy connection with people so much at an unhealthy level. This is the one thing that I know I should be doing and it is reaching other people, if not more. And so if you're like, well, what would you be doing? I'd hire almost every single person that I possibly can to make my message as loud as possible. I'd post 3,000 pieces of content a day. If that was the case, I would literally make X amount of YouTube videos a day. I, I would just put as much content out there because at the end of the day, I'm just trying to be loud. I'm just trying to get you to see me, right? And that's my whole goal is like, if I have something that passionate to say, like money isn't even a factor for me. I don't give, I, I could care less genuinely. Like, I just want you to see me. And like, I just want you to know that I want to be the catalyst for you to keep going, to make one more piece of content, make one more video, like whatever that is, because what I do now, I am so passionate about and obsessed about that I couldn't even fathom doing anything else. Your passion is as clear as day to me, Enrico. Have you changed somebody's life yet? Have you gotten that person that has said, hey, Enrico, I did one more because of you? Because if you haven't, you will soon. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it's funny. I actually got someone the other day that was like, um, they, they shared my post again and I, and I commented because every time when someone shares a post, you can see it, it notifies you. I'm like, Hey, thank you so much for sharing my post. He's like, wow. Like, thank you so much for responding. Like you literally changed my life with everything. I'm like, how so? I'm like, thank you. He's like, well, with just hooks, like video, like getting on camera and everything like that's, that's changed my business. And I'm like, well, that makes me super helpful. Like happy. I'm like, thank you. Um, like I, I love stuff like that because for me, it's like that, that costs nothing. Like Nothing, right? Mind you, it cost me a lot of time to like make content and everything, but it's more ROI positive for me because I can reach more people with one piece of content than doing anything else. You could reach people and you could change their life entirely, man. Um, Enrico Incarnati, dude, this has been absolutely a pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life, into your business, to opening up um, your soul, man. You bared it all for us today, man. Absolutely. Tremendous stuff. So, um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you again to those of you out there chasing freedom. Freedom is accomplished one action at a time. Go out there and commit to doing a daily video every single day and commit to doing so until you find the results that you're looking for. Because if you never quit, success is going to happen. It's simply a matter of time. Um, Enrico Incarnati, thank you again so much. Um, those of you out there chasing freedom, go get it, man. Just it's a matter of taking action.